The title of the message is called New Season. And before we get into the text of the message today, we're going to rest on this slide for a moment. And for my note takers, the text will be Joshua chapter 1, verses 1 through 9. But before we get into Joshua chapter 1, I am going to attempt to build a framework that will address the problems of today, the solution that still remains the same, and the part that each of us will be, always have been, and will continue to be commanded to participate in. What is our part? We are going to have a biblical comparison that the problems we are facing in society today are nothing new. There is nothing new under the sun. Biblical history teaches us from Genesis to Revelation that the same problems, the same immoralities, the same depravity, the same sufferings that people are experiencing in today's world are the same since the beginning of time. Because of the sinful nature, I love the songs that you just, God is so good. The worship that was presented today comes together with the word of God. We were talking about the heart. We were talking about building our lives on a firm foundation. So let's start in the beginning so we can get to the solution. I'm going to read a few scriptures that will not be on the screen for my note takers for the sake of the framework. And I want to start with Judges chapter 21, verse 25. It reads like this from the New Living Translation. In those days, Israel had no king. All the people did whatever seemed right in their own eyes. So when King Jesus is not on the throne, when public opinion and personal opinion and what I think rules and reigns over the authority of the word of God, then we have people doing what's right, what they seem to, to present and adopt as truth. They will do what's right in their own eyes. So the presentation is this, King Jesus needs to be in the heart. He needs to be in the throne room. We have a lot of confessions of faith. I believe nowadays with the sinner's prayer and salvation and things of this nature with a lack of commitment of faith that goes with the confession. A confession unto salvation is a commitment. I am saying, Lord, I accept your love. The bad news is I was in sin. The bad news, I was a woman living in a way that I thought was my own way. I was a woman that was living in sin. I lost custody of my three boys, my three beautiful boys from active drug addiction and alcoholism. I was a woman who was promiscuous and it didn't matter if you were male or female because I was looking for love in my way and I defined it in my own way. I was going in a way that I thought was right because it was right for me. Based on my opinions, based on things that had happened to me in the past, based on me being angry at God and shaking my fist at God, based on my own rule and reign of myself and not the word of God because I did not know God through the truth. I based my own opinion of my own authority of God through my own situations, through my past experiences and through my own desires because I 
I wanted to live the way I wanted to live because I didn't understand the power of his love. I didn't understand that this direction manual is power, it's purpose, it's freedom, it's direction, it's love, it's healing, it leads, it guides, it brings wholeness, it brings health, it brings whatever you need into any given situation at any given time. It makes you right with God once again. Somebody praise him, amen. It brings hope to the hopeless situation. It brings comfort to a grieving heart that people in this congregation are going through right now. When the unthinkable happens, the Lord finds his way into your heart through the power of the word of God that comes alive inside of you, through the power of the Holy Spirit of the living God, who is the comforter, counselor. <sighs> Go ahead and clap so I can breathe. <laughs> Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. The ladies learned that about me this weekend. Now we have to prove this context through scripture. So I'm gonna go over before we get into Joshua chapter one. We're setting the framework. Nothing new is under the sun. I pray that fear is lifted off of us because the good news has to be greater in our heart than the news that's on the TV. Amen. We have to see the light that is expressing itself through the power of the Holy Spirit through us Christians. We are motivated and we are commanded to move into the darkness and eradicate darkness. It is our command, it is our job. The book of Jude, oh, it's a really big book. It's one chapter with 25 verses. Right before the book of Revelation. Let's give a little more of a context to this. In verse 17 it says, but you, my dear friends, must remember what the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ predicted. Verse 18, they told you that in the last times, which began at the resurrection, by the way, they told you that in the last times there would be scoffers whose purpose in life is to satisfy their ungodly desires. Verse 19, these people are the ones who are creating divisions among you. They follow their natural instincts because they do not have God's spirit in them. The problem has always been the same. When you go through Ezekiel, the disobedience of the Israelites and God's chosen people, disobedience, disobedience, disobedience creates a stony heart. God promises that when you come to him and you obey his word, obedience, 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 is key. Some of you, I will just haunt you with that forever, praise the Lord. It's key. See, because we can love God and not trust him. We can love God and not obey him, or can we? Because his word says that those who love me obey me. So when the sinful desire becomes greater and the expressions of the sinful nature, which are listed in Galatians chapter five, their wild parties and temper and anger and all of these different things overrides the fruit of the spirit, which is also in Galatians chapter five, which is peace, love, joy, discipline, self-control, gentleness, there's nine of them. When the spirit of God is in you, the Holy Spirit, you will know them by their fruit. 
There is great light that's being shined in the darkness. Please don't get fixated on what the media is delivering because you just witnessed and I just witnessed and I was just a part of the praise that is in this house, the power that is in this house, the prayers that will be lifted up tonight. In your prayer meeting where two or more are gathered, the Lord is present. Where two or more, the army of God is here in this house today. The army of God. We need to arise and go. It is a new season within our mind. It must be. We cannot be crippled by fear. We use wisdom, yes. We cannot be crippled by fear. We have to walk in unity. I'm speaking to the church right now, just as Paul did, just as Peter did, just as James did. The letters that Paul wrote were to saved people. There were problems in the church because it was hindering the power of God. There were divisions in the church that hinders the power of God. There's no room for racism. There's no room for division. There's no room for us to hate our brother and sister. God, forgive us that we may represent you and be the light that shines in the darkness, that our prayers wouldn't be hindered that our purpose that we are created in, Almighty Father, would go forth. There's no room for division between Democrat and Republican. Be whatever. I'm not here to argue that. But what unifies us? Because there's Democrats and Republicans in every church. People are upset about the mask or not the mask. But where can we be unified? Our faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Where are we, church? Where's our unity? The word of God says, how can we agree when we disagree? It says, don't let anger go down on you. Don't let the wrath go down. Don't fall asleep angry. <laughs> I Means settle it before you go to bed. That's my theological degree right there, my doctorate speaking. How do we do that? We agree to disagree and we love one another. We agree to disagree. I can hear you and I can disagree with you in a very passionate way, but you are still my brother and sister. We are still called to love the unloving. We are still called to walk unified, amen, and carry a unified front and I'm still building framework. So in Jude, we get that presentation. These expressions of immorality have been around since the beginning of time. There's nothing new under the sun. It's just the acceleration of technology. It's the acceleration of the pathway in which sin can express itself. We have a sin problem. We don't have a government problem. Yes, the government, and I'm not here standing in denial, the government is very important, and I'm very much aware of that. But what I'm seeing all around the world, and I'm sure you can attest to, is the government, or who's ruling and reigning in the White House, seems to be on the throne more than who, rule and reigns, who rules and reigns in our heart. And his name is Jesus Christ, the hope for all the world. Now we're going to get into the book of Joshua. Joshua represents to us transition. 
Joshua begins where the first five books of the Bible called the Torah, the Pentateuch. It's the end of the law, even though the law is still in place, but it's the transition into history and the fulfillment of the promises, but the entirety of the fulfillment has not taken place yet. It's prophetic. It's historical. It's when we see the Israelites starting to turn around a little bit and become obedient under Joshua's reign. Because sometimes you can have the best pastor in the world in the world that's preaching the truth of the word of God, but the people are still rebellious. Amen? It's true. Pastor said a profound thing. I'm probably going to say it all wrong at dinner last night. He said, you know, there's times where we bring the word as, as the preacher or the pastor, but then there's times where we have to call the people to the word. Is that correct, pastor? I'm calling you to the word. I'm going to deliver it and then call, to, call you to the word. And I think that should happen every Sunday because the word of God goes forth in order for us to respond what's being taught. So Joshua represents transition. Joshua is the commander in charge. God is the commander in charge. We are the people to take the direction. And this leads us into hope. This leads us into the other side of what we're seeing on the news. The solution is still the same. The problem is sin. The solution is Christ. But obedience to Christ Jesus and answering the call of God on your life. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, we have to realize that verse 1 through 9, the Lord spoke to Joshua, so he's in prayer. He's in a set-apart place. Verses 1 through 9 is all a prayer download. I pray for these kind of prayer downloads that he gives Joshua because Joshua is in major transition. Joshua is no longer underneath the leader. Joshua is now the leader. Joshua is in a position of great grief that you can only imagine because Moses was his spiritual father for so many years that Joshua served faithfully. But watch this. God acknowledges and God knows exactly where you are and exactly where I am. He knows the grief. No one, no one is exempt for grief. And maybe you don't have a story or a testimony like I do, but the enemy comes for us all. And our call is challenged. Our righteousness is challenged. The holiness that we are supposed to exude is challenged by hardships and difficulties and temptations. Moses, my servant, is dead. That means this season is over and a new one has begun. He says, now, therefore, arise and go. Not stay down. Cry your tears and there's a grieving process, but be very careful that that doesn't turn into depression, that that doesn't turn into isolation, that that doesn't turn into you staying away from your Christian brothers and sisters and your family no matter what you're going through. Because what the enemy is trying to do is a John 10.10, steal, kill, and destroy, render you useless and powerless. Grief is a very heavy thing. 
arise and go. There's power and purpose. Show me a man or a woman that doesn't have a reason to rise and a purpose to participate into daily and I'll show you someone who's frustrated. I'll show you someone who's anger, angry. I'll show you someone who's about ready to fall into sin if they're not already in there. I'm telling you there's power and purpose that God created us to participate in on a daily basis. Arise and go, arise and go. The word of God says in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 verse 11 that God has planted eternity into our hearts. It's always yearning. It's always looking. It's never satisfied. God created our soul to never be satisfied because we are supposed to never be satisfied with one soul being one to Christ. We're not supposed to be satisfied with one family having restoration. We want all families to have restoration. We want all people to be saved. We want all people to be free. And it's hard work and it's sacrificial. And when we die to self and we participate in eternity and we arise and go in the eternal biblical principle and principles and practices and purpose that God wired into each and every one of us, you will see sin fall off of you. You will see your marriage coming back together because you're going to get straightened out by the word of God. You're not going to be selfish. You're not going to be getting into things you're not supposed to be getting into. Young people, you're not going to follow the way of the world and, and your classmates who don't love Jesus. And yes, you're going to be lonely, but you were created to be set apart. You were created to be greater. You were created to be better. And you may look and feel like you're losing, but you are winning. And God is working in you. And God is creating strong character in you. So you can stand because you will wait for the one that God has for you. You will be women of faith and power. You will be men of faith and power. Young men, you will lead your families and break off generational curses. Young ladies, you will be strong in who you are and the power of God. God's might. You will know your value and self-worth. You will look at those boys and say, don't you even think about it. I know who I am in Christ. Huh. Keep stepping. Gentlemen, you will be convicted when you start going the wayward way. Ladies, you will be convicted. The power of conviction is our gift. It's God's keeping grace. If our hearts are right with God, if we are set on godly purpose, I wouldn't have to do so much marriage counseling if people would just get in the word. I just say it plain because I don't want hearts broken. I don't want the next generation broken. I want you together. I want you loving one another because the power is available to you and to me. I've experienced it in my own life. I've experienced it in my marriage. I am experiencing it in restoration with my three sons who I am completely restored to after a long journey in Christ. Amen. He is that good. He is that powerful. There's nothing or no one greater Arise and go over this Jordan, which signifies salvation and the promises. You and all this people to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. You and all this people, meaning people are watching the way you live. It's not about me. It's about what's happening in me because God loves me so much. But what he's doing in me is for the purpose of others. It's for the purpose of my family.
It's for the purpose of those around me. My purpose is not just in the pulpit. My purpose is how I love people at the gas station. My purpose is in the workplace. My purpose is not famous. My purpose is to make Jesus famous, amen. The name above all names, wherever I am. Young people, it's in your school place. It's in, on the soccer field. It's on the baseball field. It's in the music. Your music gift is to glorify God and lead people into breakthrough and light not to sin and death, amen. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He's given each and every one of us gifts and talents according to the word of God in Corinthians for us to use for him. And when we delay that, it makes the heart sick. When we're not in purpose in doing what God's called us to do, which the number one call is to live out his word so we can make an impact in the world, we become sick. We become temperamental. We become divisive. We become, finish the sentence, to the land which I am giving to them, the children of Israel. This is the same promise that started with Abraham. And then it went to Moses, and I'm skipping over a few. Went to Moses, we'd be here all day. And then we go to Joshua, who's trying to bring them into the promised land. But the fulfillment comes in its entirety when Jesus returns and comes back again. We are part of the fulfillment. Amen. Jesus is coming back. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. He's coming back for all eternity. But we have work to do in the meantime. Arise and go, arise and go. Verse 3, Joshua chapter 1, verse 3. Every place that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you. As I said to Moses, he's reminding Joshua that my promises are still true. Joshua is in the midst of a difficult situation, a transition into leaders, a leader. He's in an emotional condition because he has experienced severe grief, I'm sure. Experiencing severe grief, I'm sure. He is called to lead the Israelites who just, by the way, came out of the wilderness. They're not very happy and they're not very joyful people. Just came out of the wilderness. Joshua, come on, when are we going to get to the promised land? I'm sick and tired of eating this. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? What are you going to do? Fix it for me, fix it for me, fix it for me, fix it for me. Mm. Mm. Murmuring, complaining. So he's commissioned. See, the call is not always glamorous. That's what society paints, even in ministry. Oh, I want to write books, and I want to preach, and I want to go. All of that is great if God's called you to do that for him to be glorified. I am here to serve, not to be served, although I have been served in, in an amazing way. This is not about me. And look how famous I am in my ministry. What has he called you to do for his glory? To show him and reveal himself to the world through you. Disgruntled people, the call is not easy. See, we can lead people to Christ, but if we don't disciple them, we will lose them. There's holes in the net. There's holes in the net. There's holes in the net. Go and make disciples of my people, baptizing them, saturating them in the name of the Father. Woo! The name above all names. In the name of the Son, the name above all names. In the name of the Holy Spirit, amen. The name above all names because it's one God. That's how sin breaks off of people. So the call of God is not convenient. 
I don't think Joshua's in a state of convenience. He's in a state of grief, difficult people, an impossible task. Oh, just go cross over the River Jordan into what is now Israel, into the land of Canaan where all the Canaanites are, where you're totally outnumbered, where you're just looking at the task that God has given you. Can I get somebody in the house? And you're, that's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. If he led you to it, he'll get you through it. Verse four. Now here's the definition of the territory. Remember, this is prayer closet time. I want this kind of prayer time. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Hmm. Details come out of your quiet time with God. Clarity comes out of your time with God. Direction comes out of your quiet time with God and being set apart. We're a busy society. There's a lot of things that get in our way from our quiet time. It's crucial. It's imperative. We have territory to take. The first territory is our own heart inside. Father, take me first. Have your way in me first. If there's any wayward thing, if there's any evil thing, if there's any sinful way, Father, that does not honor you, if there's any wound in my heart that expresses itself as as addiction or pornography or something that I'm not supposed to be in or anger, ill temper, selfishness, Father, have your way in me. Because we as Christians, it teaches us in Romans, it teaches us in Galatians, that we, his people, have nailed our sinful desires and our passions, ungodly passions and our natural ways to the cross. So when there's something wayward in you, because that will be till the day we die, it's not perfection. But my goodness, we shouldn't be comfortable practicing sin. No, no shouldn't be comfortable because if the Holy Spirit and the conviction is in you, you want it out of you. You grieve. I don't want this in me. I want to be right. Romans chapter 7, I want to be right. But there's this thing living I want to do right, but I can't do it. Like Paul's all conflicted. It's a great thing. Read it. Romans chapter 7, he's like, I don't understand why I do these things. And he says, but because of the sinful nature, there's another power that's at war with my mind. There's another power that's at war with my mind. The flesh and the spirit will always war against each other. Now we're seeing expressions in the world today where the sinful nature has won. It's sin living in me. It's sin living in us. And when sin is alive, it expresses itself and it proves itself. It proves what's alive inside of you. When the spirit of the living God, Romans chapter eight, let us be led by the spirit of God. Romans chapter 8, when the Spirit is alive inside of us, the fruit of the Spirit is evident. So God, have your way in me first. Take this territory first. Deal with me first every day. (laughs) That's why his mercies are new every morning. Deal with me first. Let me be mindful of me before I start bringing everybody else to the throne. (laughs) Amen. Would you just talk to my husband? Would you deal with these kids? Handle my boss. I don't know if anybody has a prayer list like that, but... This is usually how it goes. Father, have your way in me first so that we can take some serious territory for you because you live in this community. This is your community. This is your territory. 
Some of you are called to be missionaries outside. That's great. Fantastic. Go and do what God's called you to do. Territory in your household. Gentlemen, we need you to lead. Ladies, we need you to come up underneath the husbands. And I don't have time to preach on that. If you think submission is a dirty word, then you don't know the word of God. Then it's not biblical. It's power. It's power. Children, we need you to obey your parents. And parents, we need to give the direction that's biblical to our children in the sample for them to follow, whether you're a single parent or not. The word of God is power. That's what will change this world, one heart at a time. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. Why is he reminding Joshua of what he's called him to do? Because it's going to be hard. Because he's not going to like it. Your workplace, your house place, your heart place, the new thing that God's calling you to do. God has, I promise you, there's people in here today, God has given you a direction. He's given you a command. He's given you a ministry. He's given you a charge. He's told you to do something crazy, and you're scared to do it, and you've been sitting on it. It's time to say yes to the Lord. It's time to say yes to him. He says, because I will never leave you nor forsake you. You have to trust me for the details. I'm not going to give you the full-blown plan. You have to trust me for the details. Verse 6, be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Nothing or no one can stand against you. If God called you to it, that's it. That settles it. No matter what kind of hardship you will come up against, you will get through because he is with you because he called you to it. The word courage. The word courage means the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc. without fear and bravery. It says it's the quality of mind. So if we have the mind of Christ, if we are transformed by the renewing of our mind, which means the word has to get into us, in order for us to have this mental strength and mental capacity, more of the word in us than the world, more of the participation in our community, you with me, then I have this courage. And when you're afraid, the way you do it and the way you walk in faith is you do it afraid, trusting God. That's how you overcome fear. The promise, your work, the next generation, we're building the next generation. Your families at home, around the dinner table, your children are the next generation. It's not about us. The work doesn't stop with us. What's your legacy? What are you leaving behind? Who are you impacting? How will you be remembered? Now watch what God says. Only be strong and very courageous. Why? Because you're going to challenge your mind. Your flesh is going to be challenged. That you may observe to do according to all the law, which Moses, my servant, commanded you. He's talking about the word of God. Do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left. What does that mean? You're going to be tempted. Temptation will come from either side. Maybe you're tired, but you know in your heart that God hasn't let you go from this. 
tempted to quit, tempted to throw in the towel, tempted not to go that way, whatever it looks like. That's why he says, this word, don't turn from it. This is my lead. This is my guide. This is my framework. Because when we start, this is what the church is doing today because we have allowed sin to come into the church and we've co-signed it and we haven't spoken to it in love. We've allowed. So he says, this word, you keep your eyes on me. Because when we're not satisfied with this, the flesh wants to start following our own desires and following our own natural way or following our fear and being faithful to our fear or being faithful to our ungodly desires which pull us away from the word of God and we find ourselves lost. We find a development of laws that are being passed today in the United States that are based on people's own desires and their own ways. Not the ways of God, but how do we deal with this? The truth in love the truth in love, because we shall know the truth, Jesus Christ, and the truth shall set us free. We deal with it in love because we are not the changer of hearts. I don't have to change you. Praise God, that's not my job. I just have to love you and lead you in the truth. Amen. We're wrapping up. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. For then you will break free in your heart. For then you will have courage, the mental capacity. For then you will move forward in the direction that God called you. For then your marriage will get healed and whole. For then your children will come back to Christ because you're gonna have a faith in you that's unshakable regardless of of what you see. You know they're the call to the Most High God, and you don't get off the throne of faith because it's not based on what you see or don't see. It's based on what you know in truth, and his promises are yes and amen whether you see it in this life or not. It's yes and amen. My kids will be saved even if it doesn't happen before I cross over. Come on. We need some people of faith. My kids will get out of that lifestyle. See, we don't have enough faith in the church today. We think Jesus left some sin or lifestyle off like he dropped it on the road to Calvary. He's either the savior of all and the redeemer of all and the power to get out of all things. The solution is the same. The gospel is the solution. It is. It's still the same because the gospel is good news. The gospel is purity. The gospel is love. For then you will make your way prosperous. Then you will be encouraged. Then you will have faith that arises inside of you in the midst of your doctor's report. I shared mine this weekend, still battling cancer, still overcoming, but I'm here. I'm the mouthpiece of the body of Christ because I am going to operate in purpose in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. It's not my final report. See, if the the Holy Spirit is alive in you, healing is alive inside of you. Hallelujah. Faith is alive inside of me, or is it? 
peace a living God? Peace is alive inside of me or is it? Are you focused on the darkness? Are you focused on the thing? Or have you repented from your mindset? Because your emotions are not the problem. God gave us those for a reason. But when they rule and reign your life and they hinder your purpose and you're stuck in fear, that is sin. The truth set me free. I am the healed of the most high God. Do you know how I know I'm healed right now in the midst of my report? Because I'm either going to experience the manifestation of what I already own here on this side or I'm going to get it here. Either way, it is mine. I am victorious. We live from glory to glory to glory until we are glorified. Woo! That's the kind of faith that will pull you out of the sickbed. That's the kind of faith that will pull you out. Not this name and claim it. I'm going to get everything here. That's out of context and that's out of order. I know that was hard. But what's harder? Living in the lie? Because I was living in the lie. And I stopped preaching, and I was staying in the sickbed, and I was depressed. I was living like I was already dead. Can I just be honest? Because we got to get free. We got to get up out of this stuff. Do you confess the word over your life? Yes. Why? Because it makes you courageous. It gives you the mental capacity. It pulls you out in truth. Truth rules and reigns over your feelings, over your fear, over your emotion. When you don't know where your child is, I preached this this weekend. I didn't know where my child was for 10 years. Addictions, everything happening in his world and in his life. I didn't know if he was going to live or die. And the Lord brought me to the thief on the cross experience. If our prayers are yes and amen in him, I have to be resigned to the fact that the the hope of glory is real and true, somebody in the house. I'm either going to get it on this side or that side. And there's no, that's what makes God no respecter of persons. Because every promise is ours lived out on the other side of heaven. That is the power in the truth. Because I would be sad. Would we grieve? Yes, and some of you have gone through that. I went through it with my nephew who lived with us for so many years. My son is in recovery, he's going, but my, my nephew crossed over. Do you know what gives me hope? What's my hope? I'm gonna see him again. I'm gonna see him again. The enemy may rob me of 20 years, he may have robbed you of 20 years, but I get eternity. This is why you can't stop praying. This is why you can't lay down. This is why we have to arise and go. This is why faith is enough. This is why Jesus is the source of all. This is how I can be happy like Paul was, whether I'm in it or out of it, whether I get it here or not, whether the thorn in my side stays forever. Come on, somebody. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Father, we thank you and praise you that your word has gone forth. It does not return void. I thank you and praise you that we are people, women and men of God, young people who love you, Lord God, who are dedicated to you, who are obedient to you to say, have your way in us, Lord God, that we, not, we would not be bound by fear, that we are unified through your love. We're unified through your word, Father, so we can make an impact for you, Lord Jesus Christ. Let nothing hinder us. Let nothing stop us. Father, we bless 
bless your holy name. We magnify you. We glorify you. We raise our praise, Father God, that we may show you to a sick, fallen, and dying world because you, Lord Jesus, are the answer. We love you. We honor you. May you be magnified and glorified, Lord God, in your message this day. Let us never be the same. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.